Hello and welcome to another fundmonitors.com Meet the Manager series. Today I'm joined by Chris Weldon. Chris is the Portfolio Manager of the Magellan High Conviction Fund. Chris, welcome and uh, thanks for joining me. Pleasure, Damon. Great to see you again. Um, Chris, uh, tumultuous times uh, in markets over the last six months. Um, very few managers have avoided um, uh, avoided a bit of a, a bath, bloodbath in, in equity markets. Um, your fund, the, the High Conviction Fund, has more than 50% of its um, uh, exposure in e-commerce and internet and IT names. And you hold both Alphabet and Meta, um, both of which suffered pretty significant losses in 2022. Um, I guess I want to unpack a few things with that, but is on online advertising a victim, do you think, of a slowing economy? Um, and can, can these companies come back to their, to their previous prices? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question, Damon. There's actually a lot, lot in there, so maybe we can kind of unpack it uh, piece by piece. Um, first of all, you, you're absolutely right that sort of 50% of the portfolio you could define as technology, but I just um, want to start by maybe sort of breaking out that technology bucket because it is quite a broad umbrella. Um, you're absolutely right that we do have, you know, uh, a meaningful investment in Alphabet and in Meta as well. Of course, those two businesses quite exposed to digital advertising. But then with that sort of rest of that technology uh, exposure would include things like Microsoft, you know, which is an enterprise software company. Uh, you have Netflix in there as well, which is a media streaming business, so quite different to a digital advertising or an enterprise software company. Um, SAP is in there as well, a, a German enterprise software company, but it's actually more exposed to the application end of enterprise software rather than Microsoft, which is really at the infrastructure uh, layer and the platform layer. Um, of course, as you mentioned, there's there's Amazon with its e-commerce exposure. It also has a little bit of digital advertising exposure and also has quite a meaningful exposure to cloud computing. So there is uh, different flavors of technology within that broad technology uh, umbrella. So I just want to make that clear. It's not just a uh, pure exposure to digital advertising, for example. But it's a very fair point. Uh, that we do have, you know, meaningful investments in both Alphabet and in Meta. But even then, I just make the distinction and highlight that when we last disclosed the two positions, Alphabet was about a 15% holding and Meta was about a 5% holding. So we own both, uh, but we have about three times the, uh, the amount of capital invested in Alphabet than we do in Meta. And part of the reason for that distinction and, and the different position sizing is recognizing that while both businesses are exposed to the advertising cycle and advertising tends to be a, a pretty cyclical industry, and we understand that and, and we recognize that, and there might be some cyclical headwinds confronting those businesses. While that's true for both companies, what, what is a little different for, for Meta specifically is that on top of those industry cyclical headwinds, it has some sort of business uh, issues confronting it as well, which are very much associated with Apple's recent privacy changes, which have caused a, a degree of impairment to the sort of fundamental prospects for that business, irrespective of what's going on in the advertising cycle at the moment. Um, the final part of your question was, you know, when can these share prices recover? And, and frankly, we have no idea. Um, we're not too concerned about whether share prices will be in the short term, so long as 
The long-term fundamental thesis for both of those companies and all our other holdings remains in place. And maybe I'll just sort of conclude by saying, uh, so maybe we're a little bit different. We get excited when we see these, these share prices uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, it, it increases the prospective returns uh, we and our investors can make from these very high quality businesses. And that's sort of dovetails into the second point that uh, both of those two companies are incredibly active buying back their shares at these lower levels at the moment. So if you look at the last 12 months, uh, both companies have repurchased about $50 billion worth of their stock. And those buybacks, of course, become more impactful the lower the share price. And so just to provide some context for those numbers, that $50 billion worth of shares repurchased for Alphabet over the last 12 months represents about 3% of the current market capitalization. But that $50 billion uh, represents about 10% of Meta or Facebook's current market capitalization. So, you know, we love these businesses that are in a way cannibals and repurchasing their own stock at these very discounted prices. It's a very shareholder friendly and value accretive uh, use of the cash that these businesses spin off. So um, we're not too concerned about these lower share prices because the fundamental view around the long-term prospects for these companies remains in place and the companies are hoovering up their, their stock in the meantime. Um, just on then the online advertising part of it, um, do you think, and particularly, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, about Apple's um, uh, tracking, but do you think that um, it's going to be a tougher market for that place as as people around the world become more aware of of, of those sorts of things? And, and do things like Meta and, and Google, do they need to start reinventing some of the things that they do? And, and, and do they put that sort of, put money into R&D on those sorts of things? I assume they do. Yeah, for, for sure. It is, it's the sort of the most important question confronting a business like uh, Facebook or Meta at the moment. Um, the, the privacy changes announced by Apple and that will be followed by Google and its Android platform, they are profound. They have, you know, meaningfully changed the dynamics of the digital advertising industry. And that has had a, a very meaningful impact on Facebook, as I mentioned earlier, there has been a degree of um, permanent impairment to their business because of these changes. And if you just want to put some very enough rough numbers around it, you know, Facebook's executives have said the impact at the revenue line would be in the order of about $10 billion attributed to those Apple changes, you know, rough numbers, Facebook makes about a 50% operating margin. So there's a $5 billion impact um, at an earnings level. If you capitalize that at just a, a rough multiple of 15 times or something like that, you're in the order of a $75 billion impact to enterprise value. So we're talking about big numbers here. So it has been a very profound impact on, on the businesses uh, in the portfolio. And frankly, look, it's, it's, positive for some businesses and it's a headwind for other businesses and that can be the case even within business so and a, a great example is something like an alphabet who are you know immediate beneficiaries in their search advertising business from some of these changes but their youtube business unit for example is getting caught up in some of these headwinds um meta we've talked about the headwinds and the impairment that these changes create for that business on the other hand, we have a business in the portfolio like Amazon, 
that is benefiting from these changes. Because if you think about what, what's going on here, what Apple is doing is really trying to prevent the tracking uh, and the measurement of people seeing an ad on one app or one website and then transacting on a different website. Um, of course, when you're on Amazon, you see that ad and then you also transact on that same website. So Amazon is being um, a beneficiary of this because advertisers are moving to platforms like Amazon's where you have that first party um, advertise, advertisement and transaction taking place on the same website. So there is a whole heap of flux going on. There are some winners, there are some losers. I think to your point, businesses like Meta are very, very actively um, trying to reposition their business for this new landscape, but also positioning for what the industry might look like five years and 10 years from now. And this is really where uh, the company is doubling down on those metaverse investments uh, and strategic positioning, because in this current world where on our phones, we're beholden to a Apple or an Android operating system, if we can evolve to a world where we have a new device, uh, like a augmented reality or a virtual reality headset that, that Meta or that Facebook sells to us, not only will they control the hardware, they'll control the operating system that runs that hardware. And therefore, Facebook's apps on their operating systems will be more protected than they are when they're beholden to Apple's uh, existing operating system or Android's exist existing operating system. So you can see the end game that Facebook is trying to get the business to. There's no uh, assurances or certainties that they'll get there, but you can see the direction that that company is trying to head in to arrive at a more um, uh, attractive destination and one that's uh, less, less uh, exposed to the risks of changes from Apple or from Android. Well, I'll move over to um, stock splits because Amazon have, have talked, um, uh, have, sorry, have announced earlier this year that they were doing a stock split, which has happened this week. Um, I was looking at some Bloomberg data saying that on average companies outperform the S&P 500 after um, they announce a stock split. Amazon's down. Um, what's your view on these stock splits? I mean, it feels to me like you're exchanging $20 for two tens. Um but, you know, at $2,000 uh, plus a share, back down to $125 a share, it, it seems the point of entry seems a little easier for, for retail investors. Is that how you see it or is, is this a bit of window dressing on their part? Yeah, we're probably more in the window dressing uh, camp, Damon. It's, if it's not impacting the fundamental um, prospects or competitive profile or intrinsic value for the company, uh, we tend not to get too concerned by this sort of price um, or share splits or, or things like that. It, it doesn't, um, as you sort of well described it, it's taking the same pizza and just chopping it up into a different number of slices. It's not changing the size of the pizza overall. Um, so yes, there are more share, shares on issue today. Um, yes, those individual shares are trading at a lower price, but it has no sort of bearing on the, the long-term competitive profile. Uh, or the earnings stream that a business like Amazon will, will generate over time. Well, I guess the question is then why are companies being drawn to do these sorts of things? Um, surely it, it costs. Um, there's a bunch of work that goes into it. What, what, what do you think the purpose is behind some of these? Because I know there's a few others uh, planned for later in, uh, in 2022. 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. Some companies, of course, um, have decided not to for, for a very, very long time. The obvious example being something like Berkshire Hathaway. Um, this is not the first stock split that Amazon's done either, um, which we should just mention. Um, why they're choosing to do it now under, you know, what's contributing to that decision, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, uh, whether they're sort of thinking about stock liquidity or, or things like that, I'm not sure. Um, but again, we're sort of, so long as that long-term fundamental thesis remains in place and we're confident that uh, those shares, even at the, this lower share price, because there's more shares outstanding, so long as that remains at a sort of attractive discount to our assessed intrinsic value, um, then we're, you know, we're, we're very happy shareholders in, in Amazon as well. And I should mention too that uh, a bit like the discussion earlier around Alphabet and Meta, uh, just very recently um, in the last quarter, uh, Amazon has also announced a, an increase in their buyback authorization and a, have a sort of stepped into the market buying back their own stock. So they they tend to do that infrequently. So there's a bit of a signal value when they do do it with respect to how they think about the value of their um, their company relative to the current share price. And it's been pleasing to see them take advantage of these lower share prices to, to buy in some of that, that stock. Yeah, I think a lot of investors do really understand that if uh, the founders of the companies are, uh, and the owners are buying their own stock back, that they're, they're doing it for a reason. Uh, that said, it was really interesting to note that one of the reasons for the stock split was um, to make it easier for uh, existing holders, particularly management, to manage their own share portfolios. So uh, it's a strange one. Uh, either way, Chris, lovely to speak to you today. Um, the rest of 2022, I think, is going to be very, very interesting. Um, and good luck for the rest of 2022. Thanks very much, Damon. Great to see you.